A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Episode 112, Moms Don't Have Time with Zibby Owens. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have a very, very cool guest. I'm actually like nervous to interview. I rarely get um, butterflies on my stomach before meeting a guest. Um, Her name is Zibby Owens. And for those of you who don't know her, you need to. She is a phenom. Um, I followed her since I think she became um, out, you know, kind of an inspiration um, in the book world on Instagram, specifically initially when she was launching her podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Uh, at the time, I think I, it was close or right before my first book, Intermission, came out. So I was interested in learning about all different platforms that would, you know, help me as an author. So I researched her and became a an instant fan. Um, I never was involved in the show myself, but that didn't matter. I was just obviously um, enthused to and support her and also, you know, listen to her shows and learn about different books and things of that nature. I myself was not um, an avid reader growing up. I became an avid reader as an adult. I tend to gravitate more toward nonfiction just because I, I don't know, I'm kind of a nerd now, I guess in my adult years, I like to learn, um, about facts and history and politicians and news personalities and things like that. But I also, you know, if it's a good enough book that capture my attention and interest, then I will do a novel as well. And so I lean into her for advice because I tend to sometimes, if I'm looking at myself, pick the wrong one, and I wind up putting it down and not finishing it. So 
her books don't fail to say the least in her recommendations. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is, I think I'm an overachiever. I think she's trumps me (laughs) tremendously. She literally does so much. I don't know how she does all of that she does, but she's a, a mom and an author and she's a podcaster. As I mentioned, she's also a publisher and a CEO. She also has, may I say, four kids. I have two. She has four. Uh, she's the founder of Zibby Owens Media, which is a privately held media company. And it's designed to help busy people like me and you probably live their best lives by connecting to books and each other. And three divisions of this company include Zibby Books, which is a publishing house for fiction and memoir, Zcast, which is a podcast network powered by Acast, which is actually the platform that we're on for Race for the Ring, which includes Zibby's award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and Moms Don't Have Time To, which is the new content and community site that includes Zibby's virtual book club, events, and former Moms Don't Have Time to Write. Um, and she also does a lot of free writing. I guess, I don't want to call it free writing. It's probably not the right word to put. But like basically, she writes a lot of essays that are published kind of throughout different publications, which frankly has inspired me to do something like that as well, just because I find writing very therapeutic and I'm a grad student and I don't have time to write a third book at the moment. I do plan to do that in the near future when I graduate more on the psychology space, but I I'm missing that, um, writing like excitement. And I, I mean, I write every day for my job because I'm a publicist, but it's not the same as writing personal essays and things like that. I also write a lot for grad school, but that's more like academic writing. Writing. So I am going to probably do some of that as well with her, um, emulating her, certainly. She's a regular columnist for Good Morning America, and she's a frequent guest on morning news programs all over the country, more or less, um, recommending books. And also, if I didn't say enough, she's the editor of two anthologies, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids and Moms Don't Have Time to a Quarantine Anthology, which came out during the pandemic. Um, she also wrote a children's book called Princess Charming, and now she has her memoir, Bookends, which we're going to dive into a little bit today, to say the least, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, because she loves to write, and she's a phenomenal writer. Um, she regularly pens personal essays, as I mentioned. Um, she started with her very first one in Seventeen Magazine back in 1992, which I used to read religiously. Um And in 1992, I was graduating from high school, so I may have actually read that. So there we go. Can't wait to meet her. Zibby Owens. Hi, Zibby. Welcome. So excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. So tell me, what are you up to this summer? What have you been doing um, to date? Are you in the Hamptons? Are you here in New York? Like, where are you? I'm in the Hamptons now, but I've been all over the place. I was in LA and Seattle, all over Connecticut. I've been trying to do this little book tour. I know. That's very exciting. That's amazing. Um, how are you enjoying that? Is it, It's exhausting, but it's fun to meet the readers and everything, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never been to places like Nashville and Seattle, and it's so it's been really wonderful, and it's been a great chance to hang out with my husband and explore new cities and see friends from all over and authors in different cities. So 
Yeah, it's been fun. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Um, all right. So what is the rest of your summer looking like with, with the kids? Are you planning any like just like quiet time, any trips like that? Just curious. We were going to take a trip, but we decided just to stay put because I haven't had a vacation even where I am now. I've been working all summer. So uh, I want I want some time with him just to go to the beach and hang out and do all the fun things that I used to do all summer. I know. The Hamptons is awesome. What are your favorite go-tos down there? Um, are you here too? Where are you, by the way? I'm sorry? Where are you? I'm in New York City. So um, I have an interesting situation. So I live here in Manhattan on the Upper East Side, but I also have a home in New Jersey, but near Philadelphia, like near Cherry Hill, if you know that area. Yeah. 40s, but nobody, everyone's like, where's that? So it's like, it's near Cherry Hill um, because I have children like yourself and I'm in divorce. And so they're there. That's where they go to school and all of that. So I have like the mom home there. And then I have this apartment here. I did it because of work, frankly, because I have a lot of clients up here and I found myself either commuting, doing a lot of day trips, which is doable, but it's exhausting or just staying in hotels because I do a lot with the morning TV shows, as you well know, start before the crack of dawn for the most part. (laughs) So I would have to sleep over. So I just figured I would get an apartment and use that as an office and it's an address for me. But I'm too going to LA a lot. I like it. You like it? I know this is so not what the show is about, but I want to just ask you, do you like, what are your thoughts on that versus New York? Like, obviously. Oh my gosh. I love LA. I am... I lived there for a few years after college, and now we spend a lot of time there because my husband Kyle has a movie production firm and everything. I I love it. I really love it. It's a little slice of heaven where we are, like up on this hill and so peaceful and amazing. I know. It's very so zen, the vibe, the energy, the people. Everyone's like, it's so fake. I don't think that way at all. I like love it. I know. I've been organically just growing my my PR firm out there where you just have a bunch of clients out there and I go to Pepperdine well online but like you know so on occasion I'll be out there for different things um for that so anyway it's awesome okay so we talked about your summer you're gonna chill for the rest of the summer and try to <laughs> if you're able to I find it difficult personally when you're on go 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 all the time um I have to ask what are you currently reading Oh, I just finished the best book. Wait, where is it? Oh, it's using it's right under my laptop here. Um, okay, <laughs> it's called "This Is Not a Pity Memoir." Oh, Abby it's so good. It's a, just a beautiful story about a woman dealing with her husband's illness and her own illness and her family and love and life. It's just so good. She's wow. an uh, award-winning screenwriter, so she writes it like very visually. I love memoirs. I loved your book, by the way, um, which is obviously why we're having you on right now. It was so, I mean, I, I, I'm not like you. I, I posted about this briefly. I don't read as avidly as you. And I was not a reader when I was younger. I, my parents were both educators and they were like, you need to read. And I just felt like it was such a chore. I had a friend that was like all into Stephen King and like read those books all the time. And I just couldn't get into it like that. But then as an adult, I, I was journalism major and I write I always liked to write like I I had since a young girl I had a passion for that but for whatever reason reading just didn't click with me until I was older so now I like really find myself like immersed in books and um it's a release in a sense you know because you can escape your reality but it also 
nurtures you and you could, I mean, telling you all of this, you know, this is what your passion is about. But I, for me personally, it's really helped me through a lot of hard times. So, um, anyway, your book was amazing. I, I read it like a novel for me and I don't know you, but I felt now I feel like I know you from reading the book, you know, and I thought you were so like authentic and, you know, you shared a lot, but you also, I respect the fact that you didn't share like certain elements that, cause you're being sensitive to, you know, other parts of your life and people. And I wrote my first book about my divorce. And I will tell you this, like, I, I'm glad I did it. Like I spoke a lot about probably things that now maybe I kind of wish I didn't. It's because it affected initially my relationship with my ex-husband and now it's fine. But it, you know, I, I anyway, you, you live and you learn. But anyway, I thought, but it didn't matter because he still like shared so much. And I'm so excited to dive into your love at, at, after 40 because it gives <laughs> me and everybody listening hope that, that we can find a soulmate if, if the first try didn't work out or even if they're like still looking because there's so many, especially in New York, women that are over 40 that have never been married yet. So tell me a little bit about, I guess you guys, you, you two started more as friends, right? I mean, it was your tennis pro and you were just, it was a platonic friend, like relationship, obviously in the beginning. So when did you like make the switch in your mind? When did you know that there might be more there? I mean, I just kept telling everybody how cute he was and I was like having so much fun with my tennis teacher. And then um, I would start bringing friends to our lessons. I'm like, here, you have to meet him. Like, let's do the lesson together. Um, but we, you know, we started texting and, and getting to know each other more and like coffees. And it wasn't until like the very, very end of summer, right? Where, um, I was like, things are going to change. <laughs> it's like you had to do it or you just wouldn't live with yourself. Right. Like to at least explore. Yeah. So you had like an energy about like between the two of you, like you just kind of, yeah, I was, I was not looking for this at all. And, um, I don't know. It was just something, this connection between the two of us. It sounds so hopeful when I say it like this, but, um, uh, I don't know. You're lucky. If that's the I, I best way to meet someone. I feel like organically, like that. And when my mother always would say, "When you least expect it," you know that yes. kind of thing. Um, but it's so hard because you're like, you know, you can't. At least for me. I mean, I'm not. I don't really have a lot of time to date just because my life is so hectic. So I kind of tell myself when I my life is a little different when I'm done school and things like that. I can make some space. That's my friends say you don't have room. Like how do you expect to meet somebody? There's no room in your life for anybody right now. But even still, like I still, because also because I'm a show about dating, I'm on the apps and you know, I make an attempt and I go on some dates and stuff and it's just so like, ugh. <laughs> so that's great that you're able to, you know, you weren't looking for it. It came to you. You couldn't like deny it. Such a romantic story. She just, well, you wrote about it, obviously, in this book, but I feel like it could be like a movie in a sense that all of those like stars were aligned and things like that. It's very, very inspiring, at least to people like me who <laughs> are still looking for that, you know, excitement and partnership and everything like that. Um, do you have any 
dating advice or any advice in general about love for people that are single? I would say that, well, here's the difference. When I was younger, I kept looking for people who liked the same things as me. You know, like, let's say it's a, a dinner. Oh, like I love, you know, swordfish and roast potatoes or I don't know. That's such a bad example. But I was looking for people who liked the same things as me. But when I got together with Kyle, I was like, I love, you know, fish and roast potatoes. And he was like, well, I, I mean, this is actually not what happened, but, but he loved making dessert. So like, then we had a whole meal. In other words, looking for people who have complementary things, not necessarily duplicative things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Whatever happened with Josh? Are you still friends with him? Um, I changed everybody's name. Oh, okay. He was the one. All right. Yeah. Okay. So he was the one trying to think which character exactly he did. I just was, for whatever reason, I gravitated to that character. I think he was the Uh one that you met. Oh, he was the one that you met when you were at um, Chelsea Piers. And Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't even, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm in touch with, with all my. That's awesome. Both of those main characters. I'm friends with a lot of my exes too. I think almost all of my exes actually, which is healthy, right? Cause you, they're part of your life. It's, there's one though, my college boyfriend, he just kind of slipped through the cracks. There's nothing we broke up, but I tried to find him just to see how he was. I think during nine 11, you know, um, cause he was working on wall street, like in the financial like arena, but and I know I couldn't find, he, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he passed, but anyway, um, but that's good. That's very healthy. Okay. So back to Kyle. So, um, tell us a little bit about like, okay, so you met whirlwind, the whole nine, how long did you two date before you got engaged? And then how long were you engaged before you got married? We dated probably a year and a half. And we got married, sorry for, um, we dated for about a year before we told the kids, then a couple months later we got engaged, was at the end of that same summer. So about a year, let me just say, about a year until we got engaged, and then a year after we got married. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, And... You had like, can you explain a little bit about the engagement? I read it about it, but like, it was sounded really like it was romantic, like the way he did it. Obviously, your kids were involved in everything like that. Can you share? Well, I have four kids, they're involved in like everything. And Kyle took them on the balcony of uh, in the summer where we were, and he was like, let's have a catch. And he and and he and my son were throwing this ball back and forth, and then he switched it and threw the ring across the way and then opened it up and like got down on one knee and were you um, shocked um i wasn't shocked because we had been like having a lot of discussions about it so i knew it was somewhat imminent but i didn't know how he was gonna do it it's, it's awesome were you freaking out with the ball throwing outside before you realized it was right <laughs> I, I hate that <laughs> 
I have a 10 year old son and he's like really into baseball for whatever reason. He goes to day camp, but when we're like outside, he's always throwing like some ball at my house. And I'm like, can you please stop hitting the house because you're going to smash a window or you're going to smash my like siding. And I'm like, and then I won't have money to buy you something else that you want because it's, going to be <laughs> it's like ongoing, like destruction. I feel like how old are your totally. kids by the way now? Can you share? Are you four? Yeah. I have four. I have 15-year-old twins, boy, girl, and then a nine-year-old girl and a seven-and-a-half-year-old boy. Oh. So the 15-year-old, are they going to be sophomores or are freshmen? They're freshmen. Oh, my daughter's going to be a freshman, too. Oh. Yeah, she's 14. She just, she's a young four, like freshman. She just turned 14 in, in July. But that's exciting and stressful, too, at the same time. <laughs> what's, your, what's your fall? Like, are you already sort of like getting your schedule together for the kids yet? Have you thought about this? <laughs> I know. Well, actually, <laughs> I haven't. Um, I'm in denial. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, my two, my twins are both going to boarding school this fall. Oh my God. That's it amazing. Where? I know. I can't believe it. Different schools on the East Coast in New England. Oh, they're not going together then, to the same school? They're, they're different schools. Okay. Okay. And then my two little guys, I thought I had their after school activities done. In fact, signed up for and whatever. And now they both are like, we don't want to do that anymore. So I'm like, uh, so I pushed do I make them do it or do I change up all the activities? We'll see. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, that's fun. Well, that's awesome about the boarding school stuff. You have to now like basically prepare like they're going to college, buying all of their bedding and all the like, stuff for their rooms and stuff. That's like a whole feat too. But it's all on the dining room table downstairs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very cool. My my <laughs> client's daughter goes to a boarding school up in I think Maine, so she like tells us all about that. So that's, that's such a great experience, and it'll be good, I guess, that they're going separately because then they can be independent a little bit, right? Even though they're boy girl, they probably have obviously different friend groups and things like that. Okay, so back to Kyle. So he's your soulmate, certainly. Do you um do you feel like? You showing up obviously as a different type of a partner because you're a little older and more mature. You have more life experiences. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I feel like for me personally, when and when I do hopefully you know meet somebody and I would like to get married again, like I feel like I'm going to be a better partner because um, you know I, I'm and more confident in who I am and I, I have more self love for myself now and just because of time and experience and like knowledge and all of the above. So can you share a little bit about how you've evolved as, as a partner in a relationship? Well, <laughs> I know that's a hard question. No, 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 okay. it's, no, it's good. It's just, um, yes, I'm totally different now. And than I was when I was in my twenties when I first got married. And, um, of course I do know who I am more, but we've gone through so much, change in the last seven years six years we've been together like I was a stay-at-home mom and had all this free time and now I'm running this media company and I'm busy all the time and that's not what he thought he was getting everything he also has started a company but we're both just so busy and uh it's it's had it's it's taken a toll do you think that so do you, is he, okay, so I asked you this because I, when I met my, my, well, my first husband, my only husband today, when I met him, so he was an awesome, you know, he's an awesome guy and we're like 
I would consider him like a best friend. Like we're, we have a really good relationship, platonic obviously, but nevertheless. But to that, when I first met him, I was just starting out. I had left TV news and I, at a default, sort of like started in PR, frankly, it's a whole other long story, but I was, didn't even have an LLC set up. Like I, I was just sort of like doing it to make ends meet until something else came along on TV again because I had left on my own and then I decided to want to go back into it. And, and then... I got a job offer to go back into news and he was actually the one to encourage me to actually start the a business officially, which was awesome. So it was super encouraging. But then organically and with a lot of hard work and all of the above, like yourself, it just grew like really quickly. And he was almost resentful. To, I don't think Kyle's that way, but like, how do you, how do you like, manage that because you've like become a celebrity, you know, in your own <laughs> right. And he's obviously doing really well too. It sounds to me just from the book, when you first met him, his production company wasn't what it is today either. So yeah, how do you to like manage the time and um stay super busy but also stay connected romantically because that's a challenge a lot of couples face. Doesn't matter how connected you are. Yeah. It's hard. Um Luckily, we have these weekends without the kids every other weekend. So we try to uh, do fun things and do fun trips and, and reconnect with the craziness of these days. You know, where is that as much? But, um, you know, for a little while, we tried to, like, carve out having lunch together during the work week. And it's just gotten too crazy to even have lunch. Um, we really like to watch. Shows like get obsessed with shows together, and like at the, the very end of the day, at least we know we can watch something. But no talk. And lately, I've been too busy reading at night. Now I sound terrible. Um, but yeah, you know, it's an ongoing challenge, and we work on it. And I think talking about it helps. And uh, what we should really do is like make more plans. And even last night, we went to this event um for uh Sandy Hope Promise, I saw it was really you know emotional and meaningful and um you know doing things like that even if it's just for an hour it, it makes a big difference just the drive over there and we you know we always we almost always take the kids to or pick up the kids together like to or from camp slash school at least one way each day so we have that time and, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm a total failure in this, in this regard. I'm like ruining everything by being so busy, but I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying it sounds like it. you have it down though. That's good advice. Like to try to sneak away. People wouldn't think like the, the commute to get the kids would be like, you know, or whatever, but it, that's good because you're still together. You're talking, you have like a few minutes together just to kind of connect. That's awesome. Um, what about when he goes to LA? Do you go out there a lot with him? Is he is he out there a lot by himself too? Yeah. So if he's out there alone, I'll go on that weekend. Or you know, his film is premiering at the Toronto Film Festival, so I'm going to meet him up there and hang out. And um, I, when he was filming a movie last year, I went on the set and I was actually even an extra in his movie. So that oh, was really that's fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Um, and yeah, we're just, I don't know. I, yesterday I was like, oh, well, things will calm down. And he's like, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. I think things are going to get way busier for both of us. And I was like, busier? I can't manage my email as it is. So we'll see. Uh, you should grow your team. So you have a little time. You have a big team as is. It sounds like they're like awesome. But you just, yeah, you should just delegate. But I think you're going to get busier too. I think you're going to have a TV show. That's what I think. 
ZTV. No, I think it would be good. Like, you know how Oprah got everybody reading? Like, you're getting everybody reading, Zibby. It's like a big deal. I mean, seriously. It's awesome. We need that in this in the in the country, I think. Like in general. I think that's especially like there's so much emphasis like today with tech and kids and adults too. Like it's just it's important, I think. So anyway, whatever. I think you're welcome. It's true. Um okay, which brings me to my next thing. So Books. I find them to be therapeutic, as I mentioned, as an adult. Um, there's a few books for me personally that have impacted. I'll share. I want to hear you too. I think you can even do that because you read so many more than me. But I will say the one book um, you don't need, or maybe you should talk to somebody by Lori Gottlieb. I read yes. that, I guess it was like during the pandemic or like soon thereafter. And she, I've never met, had the pleasure of meeting her or anything like that, but she's inspired me to go back to school, to, to become a psychologist. I, I just, I felt like I've always had an interest in that um, space. And I, you know, interviewed so many over my time and I represent some, but that book, really kind of like gave me the push that I needed to really explore that. So has you, have you had a book impact you career-wise or love-wise or personally-wise or anything like that? Like if you can name maybe one or two and just share a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I think career-wise, I really got a lot out of Kara Golden on Daunted. Um, it's about how she formed Hint Water, the Hint Water Company. And I really loved having the role model of a woman CEO entrepreneur and how she conquered all these challenges and took an idea that people weren't necessarily, you know, they didn't immediately adopt it, but then she just made it happen and now people love it. So, I mean, to your point about a TV show, I actually pitched the TV show years ago. I've been talking about this for a long time. Like I want to do this. I want to like interview people on TV and people keep in the production world, TV world, keep being like, well, reading isn't exciting. You know, it's not interesting. What are you going to show? And like, what's behind the scenes? People sitting there typing? I'm like, no, there's so no, much more. No, there's so much more. Yeah. yeah, there's so much chaos and drama. And like, there's, there's so much. So I am interested. And I, uh, I'm i going to be participating in somebody else's show, I think, in um the fall, but I'm going to wait and see if that's official. So. Okay. That was awesome. We'll have to have you come back if it works out. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Something will. That sounds awesome. So talk to me a little bit about um, your writing. Um, you've always been into writing, obviously. And I was sharing in the um, when I introduced you that I find the fact that you started off with the essay space so compelling and you have inspired me to like get into that a little bit myself because I miss um, I wrote two books but now I'm in school so I don't have time to tackle a third and I miss, I write every day for my job but it's not like the same kind of writing when you're writing like just about creativity or in my doing my academic papers isn't the same either so, so let's talk a little bit about that and how it's helped you um, become who you are and also like sh- maybe heal um, it's helped me heal you know in my writing yeah I, no writing is something I should I should do more I used to write all the time whenever I was upset so it helped me sort out my feelings and now I'm like go 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 so I'm not taking enough time to do that 
but I still love writing essays. I love writing essays. It's very easy for me. Like when I I think in like a thousand word blocks, I guess, and um, I've practiced so much. I've done so many over the years that it comes very naturally to me. And even the editing of it, I've worked with like even school papers. I've been doing this forever. So um, I, I love it. I also feel like I've gotten to a point where if I am feeling anything, I am 100% sure somebody else is feeling it. So I used to be ashamed of all these feelings or I was feeling you know, worried about my body or worried about my parents or worried about whatever. And I would feel ashamed or like feel like it was just me or I would know psychologically like it wasn't, but I still believed it. And now I'm just like, okay, once I get through the, the heart of the feeling, to a calmer place. I'm like, as soon if I write it, people will respond. And now I post it on social media, and sometimes people are like, respond right away. Like, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way, or that happened yesterday, or you know, whether it's grief or it's just anything. It's it's an amazing resource, and so I actually get my writing, you know, mojo. I don't even writing juice out on Instagram daily. I view that as yeah, my writing is. Have the, the, yeah, the caption, and, yeah, right, right. I mean, you have. I write as long. I fill that whole thing up. So. Yeah, you wrote something. I don't remember. I thought it was like I, I could totally relate to. I mean, I relate to a lot of your content, but one it seems like a bad day you had or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's true. I was, I was I was literally crying earlier today, and I was like, should I post a video of me crying because it looks like I'm so happy all the time, and I'm not so happy all the time. There's still stuff that happens. Very stressful and hard, and like just I think you should. My career is going well. I don't know, but then I'm like, maybe this is super. No, I, okay. I don't know. So here's my unsolicited dollar as a PR person. I think you should because I feel like the people that follow you would respect that and appreciate that you are kind of allowing them to acknowledge their feelings and things like that that they might be feeling. I mean, you pick and choose, I guess, what you choose to share with the public, but it definitely is something that I think could help people um, and made them, you know, I actually wrote about this in my second book about the social media part and how everybody's happy and like, you know, you feel like it makes you feel bad about your own life sometimes and you're looking at it, then you have to realize that mostly people are posting just happy times. I mean, that's what social media is supposed to be, right? For the most part, you know, at least Instagram, because it's all photos and things of that nature. So I don't know. I think it's a good idea if you, if you choose to, you know, to do that. Maybe now that the day has taken a new turn and I'm feeling a little better. Yeah. Yeah. People, I think some like, I follow like some other influencers and things and sometimes they do that they explain when they're going through a bad time or they're having anxiety or you know like something happens or whatever so i try to do that too a little bit because i it's true i mean we're human beings it's not and nothing is ever going to be just amazing all the time and success takes a lot of hard work and stress so that's also a good lesson to share with people especially the young people that follow you so anyway (laughs) yeah okay so as we wrap up i want to hear all the amazing things that are coming up for you let's talk about what first of all zcast so can you explain to us what that is Yes. So if anybody's looking for a podcast to listen to, I've started a network and I have a bunch of other podcasters, some of whom are authors for Zuby Books, and they all host shows. Our most recent show is Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. And it used to be Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, but we renamed it and have a new focus on feeling good in our bodies and um, all of that. And that's co-hosted by 30 different people. 
So each episode, you'll hear a different host. So I'm excited about that. Oh, film. that's very cool. That's, that's in a, that's at zcastnetwork.com. And then on momsdonthavetimeto.net, we have uh, a whole new content and community site. There'll still be a new version launching in the fall, but we have at least this intermediate version that's out now with original essays, if you ever want to write Yeah, and you tackle all different yeah. issues, right? All different issues. And um, yeah, we're launching memberships, retreats. Where I'm writing a novel that comes out. In oh yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Can you talk to us a little yeah. quick, a yeah. little bit about that, like uh, teaser? Yes, uh, yeah, so that's called Blank, and it's about a mom of two who lives in LA, who's a writer, um, who's been a, a successful writer, working on her second book, and comes up with an innovative solution to her problems. Oh, that sounds good. Do you know when that's yeah, going to come so. out? That's summer of 2020. Okay. Oh, that'll be a good beach read. And I'll be right yeah, before I graduate. So I'll definitely use <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Very cool. And let's talk about your publishing company. Yes. So that's called Zibby Books. And we have 12 books a year coming out in fiction and memoir. And we're structuring it really like a book club. Like this is all you would need to read in a given year. Not that we want that. People should read a bazillion books. But it's a year of reading. So we have thrillers and memoirs and features and literary works and it's a whole year of, of reading um and we're going to form a whole community around books. that's awesome oh, oh i wish you the best of luck with everything you do yeah it's so amazing to see your success honestly i started following you and you just started with instagram and to see you like you know and it's so it's so well deserved so i it's, it's been it's been a crazy ride crazy crazy oh, ride. Sure. <laughs> buckle up because kyle's right there's more to go <laughs> right all right well good luck with in the fall with your kids and sending them you off too, to boarding school try to take some time oh my one more question this i'm sorry really quick how do you decompress like do you obviously you play tennis and that's you know and that's obvious you play tennis. Um, I do, I don't know. I don't really decompress. I don't know. <laughs> you meditate. I read. Or do you know? No, I I read. I it's I read. I love to read. So very good. I will thank you, Zippy thank Owen. Thank you so much. I really yes. appreciate everything. It was so much fun. Oh, so fun. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,